Gratitude That's my everyday What's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Quantum Coffee. Really, really special guest today. His name is Scotty Stockton. Um, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Sorry, Scotty, if I messed that up. Um, but this man is truly, truly special. Um, I got to know him and connected with him on my river trip. He uh, owns a company called Adrift. I went on a trip last September. He was on it because it was one of the last trips of the season, and I was able to connect with him. And uh, just his passion, his energy, his love, his presence, uh, his connection to nature, and just his desire to show up and be a light in this world. Um, it's just, it's really beautiful because, you know, it's, it's, it's something I'm very passionate about. So to see that in another, um, it's just, it's just a really beautiful connection. Uh, and I'm really excited. We talk a little bit in the show about, um, you know, he sold me one of his permits from his company that I could uh, partner with him and host a retreat on the river. And that is coming to fruition in September um, with the Heart Collective. Uh, we have 25 spots. And if you are a former professional athlete uh, looking for connection and you want to experience this retreat, definitely reach out to me. Um, it's going to be an absolutely epic adventure. There's going to be transformation happening. There's going to be healing. There's going to be connection to nature. There's going to be reconnection to what really matters on a deeper level. I just cannot wait for this experience. And Scotty's going to be out there with us. And it's going to be a truly magical time to really spend some time with him out on the river again. Um, and I'm really excited to share, you know, his knowledge, his wisdom, his curiosity with you in this, in this podcast. Um, we cover a wide range of topics. Uh, we talk a lot about politics, um, the political landscape, you know, collectively the narrative that's being ushered in and kind of how it's up to us to shift this collective narrative from within ourselves first and the energy that we bring into every interaction and getting curious. And, you know, he shares, you know, how to have conversations, difficult conversations with people that you might disagree with. And, you know, it's just really beautiful. A lot of deep lessons in this podcast, in this conversation, and just a lot of, you know, really cool stories. Um, and it's, it's a wide breadth. And, uh, you know, without further ado, I'm just going to, I'm just going to let you guys enjoy. Um, before we do that, if you are a premium member, we do have these extended conversations and, you know, me and Scotty drop in at the end of this podcast um, for another 10, 15 minutes. And he drops some absolute wisdom and that's only available if you are a premium member. If that's something that you want to do and support this podcast financially and get access to all these extended episodes, which I'm doing on a regular basis, plus amazing other content, um, doing live podcasts that you have access to, uh, inspirational quick hit podcasts, all just for premium members. And that is for $7 a month, the cost of a Starbucks latte, not that much money. And, but it really helps support this podcast. It's going to help me grow uh, the podcast. I do have a team behind the scenes that's helped me continue to, to put this thing together. Um, so it's not free. And so if you feel called to support the podcast financially, uh, I would really appreciate it. And I'm trying to add as much value to you premium mem members as I can. It's a really simple process. There's a link in the show notes. Go click it. Uh, $7 a month. And if you don't feel called to support the podcast financially, that's totally cool. One way that you can really support the podcast is by leaving a five-star review. As you know, the more ratings and reviews a podcast has, the more it will get out there and really trying to grow the audience um, so that we can have a bigger impact and, and help get more people curious about their own stories 
that's the intention here is really to just explore these unanswerable questions and, and try and wake people up to the beauty of this life. And so we can connect and create an experience that is just so enjoyable for all. So if you feel called, please leave a five-star review. And if anything in this podcast resonates and you think it would have a positive impact on somebody, you know, go ahead and share uh, the podcast with them. Um, I would really appreciate that. And for all of you that have been listening to the podcast and supporting me since the beginning, so much love to you. And I really appreciate the support and really excited about where this journey is headed. I uh, would love to hear from you. Reach out to me directly. Um, let me know what kind of guests you want me to have on to discuss these unanswerable questions. And just, you know, I'd love feedback. If there's any way I can improve the content, the conversations and how you're feeling about it, reach out to me directly. I love it. Uh, I talked about the Heart Collective, the retreat coming up. Make sure you check that out if you're a former professional athlete and you're looking to connect. It's going to be an absolutely magical experience. If you're not an athlete, go to theheartcollective.com. We are providing this new masterclass series where we're bringing on experts, thought leaders, coaches, talking about a wide variety of different topics. Uh, join the mailing list so that you don't miss out on all this amazing experiences we're creating for both athletes and non-athletes alike so you can get involved. Really excited about that. And lastly, I just want to give a shout out to my beautiful wife, Sarah, and her company, Grow Motely. They are going to really change the world. And I'm really excited to, to be witnessing this journey that she's on. Uh, they just went live. If you are looking for um, to build a team as a entrepreneur, maybe you're building uh, a side hustle and you need some people to help make your vision a reality. Um, it's been a huge help for me. I've used them to help build out my backend team for this podcast and for the Heart Collective. Um, fully remote, global talent. They have the whole tech is just this process of, um, you know, the recruiting process is all really done for you. I know as a first time entrepreneur for me, it was really challenging to, to step into that leadership role and, and building out a team. There's a lot of resistance to that. And it's a lot of challenge of like, how do I even start growmotely.com will get you to where you want to go on that reverse side. If you are somebody looking for a job, looking for employment and you want to create a life, um, of freedom and be passionate about the projects that you're working on, Go check out growmotely.com. There's a bunch of opportunity globally. You can work remotely and, and really build a, a life that you want to live in this new world where you can work remotely and build a life of freedom. Really excited about that. There's a link in the show notes, growmotely.com. Use that link and I will get an affiliate kickback. Appreciate y'all. Enjoy this podcast. It's definitely one of my favorites. Love y'all. Scotty, what's up, brother? So happy to have you on the podcast. I am so happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this since the moment I met you. <laughs> yes. Yes, me too, man. It's been a long time coming. Um, for the listeners, we met um, Scotty here owns a company called Adrift. It's a whitewater rafting excursion company um, in what is it, Utah and Colorado? I guess it's based in Utah. And we yep. met last year in September. I was uh, a guest on one of the excursions. It was four days, three nights on the Yampa River through the gates of the door. And it was absolutely transformational um, in every way possible. I mean, I've done a lot of my own deep healing work. I've gone on my own spiritual journey. I've been on this path of really trying to uncover the deeper layers of, of reality and who I am and the intention of why I started this podcast. And there's really nothing that replaces, you know, being out in nature in that kind of way. I mean, no cell service out on the river, you know, there's, there's things where you can do like a week long hike and it's a little bit more physically taxing, but to just float down this river and just be in awe at the beauty around you uh, and then camping on the river, it was just truly a transformational experience. 
Yeah, I'm. That's what we're trying to accomplish. It's um, it's been a, a one of the biggest joys of my life to be able to to provide this uh, myself with two other partners that that own a drift. Um, like you said, we we float the Yampa and the Green. You, you were actually on the Green. Okay, um, my bad. But the the Yampa flows into the Green uh, in the middle of uh, Gates of Lador, or towards the end of Gates of Lador, uh, in a beautiful confluence. So. Yeah, everything you said makes me really happy. That means we're 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 getting the message out there that this is um, attainable by all. Yeah, and I do just do just want to plug before we kind of dive into it. Um, it was such a magical experience, and this is before the Heart Collective was really a thing. It was an idea, um, and I was grateful enough. And obviously, the universe works in in magical ways. That you and um, Javi were both both the owners were on that last trip of the season, and we connected on one of the hikes. And I just remember thinking like, this is such a magical experience. If I can facilitate a retreat type experience on this river uh, and bring some, you know, facilitation and some safety and some vulnerable sharing, this could be really a magical experience. And we continued the conversation. You ended up selling me one of your permits for this upcoming year and just getting done with my first retreat up here in the Colorado mountains. It was last weekend and it was absolutely magical. We had six former athletes and just so much transformation and just, just energy and presence and love and, it just really got me super excited about this next experience, which is going to be the first weekend of September. Uh, we got 25 slots to fill, um, former professional male athletes, and we're putting this retreat to experience together. And uh, I'm super stoked about it. And I would love for you just to kind of share the magic from your perspective of, of what the river has provided you and, and the medicine that it really is for, for anybody. I mean, going out there with all these different people, I mean, you probably just see, you know, just these, these, this energy just clearing out just right before your eyes. And, and I know, you know, when I, when I saw you before the trip, you just had this like little kid energy about you. Like, ah, oh, these, these people are about to just be transformed and you knew it. Right. And you know that every time people step on the river, they, they come out changed. And so it's such a beautiful experience. I'd love to, you know, hear your perspective on, on the river and, and what it means to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're spot on what the river can do to you if you allow it and, and give it the space is really, it's like nothing I've experienced in my life. Um, I got into the river uh, business later in life. I, I grew up surfing and I knew the surf culture. I love surf culture. Uh, but then 10 years ago, I was playing music in Hawaii and um, saw paddleboarding. And uh, I was like, that's something I can do living in Colorado. Got on the paddleboard. We're we're one of the first people to really explore what's possible running downriver on a paddleboard. A few years later, I ran the Grand Canyon with Javier, my partner, and that was my first multi-day river trip. 21 days through the Grand Canyon on a paddleboard. So I did a lot of swimming. I faced a lot of fear. Um, I evolved daily. But some of the biggest takeaways and the reason that I I pivoted from my music career to to try to establish or create uh, an outfitter like Adrift was simply the way I felt every day, a layer came off. I, I have a lot of injuries, you know, like a bad back, I have bad shoulders and you would think I'd been in a lot of pain, you know, but by day four or five and I'm paddling 10, 20 miles a day, nothing hurt, right? Even under this huge physical exertion, like nothing hurt. Uh, my meditation was absolutely clear. Uh, everything just started to fall away more and more each day. You know, you'd shed layers. You wouldn't operate within the confines of what modern society has taught us as normal. You get back to what actually is normal, what humans have been experiencing for, you know, 
50,000 years in the you know modern era you could you could say it's it's been a desire to experience nature exchange with nature give and take have a relationship with nature evolve with nature there's no better guide there's no better teacher there's no better medicine and going out on the grand inspired me to do um get involved with the drift and so like you mentioned we 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 do these um excursions either on the yamp or the green they're they're four day three night or five day four night and when everybody shows up at camp, you know, they come with, uh, they come with baggage. They come with their bags, their day bags, their overnight bags, and their current baggage. And mm. you see everyone's excitement and you see everyone's willingness to journey and participate. But there's that beautiful anxiety, like going to summer camp as a kid. You know you wanted to be there, but day one, you're like, Dah! you know? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I'm sure we'll dig in deeper. But to bookend it, everyone comes in with a little bit of, consternation and anxiety uh and they're met with love and warmth and at the end of every trip uh, this group that was um 25 people and seven guides turned into one you know you come off the river and you experience it there was nothing but love and hugs and exchanges and appreciation and kindness and just the evolution, I think, that we're all needing more than ever in our own personal lives. And we have to deal with all that other stuff. It's not to say just run into the woods and forget everything, but use this medicine very, very um, delicately and um, and use it a lot. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what it is. It's, it's medicine. And, you know, I think looking out, you know, collectively as our society and our culture and all the issues that we're facing and the problems that we're facing, and we can dive deeper into that, the... Uh, all the stories that we've created and it, 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 it there's gotta be a direct correlation uh, between our, our disconnection from nature and all of these issues that we're facing. And, you know, I truly believe there, there, there needs to be this to find real fulfillment in life. There's needs to be this connection to something greater than yourself. And for me on my own spiritual journey, when I was out in my van, I found my connection with God re-inspired through nature, being out in nature and on hikes and just being in, in awe of the miracle of life and being a part of it. So talk about, I mean, I, I think it's so beautiful, the, the the medicine that you're bringing and being able to, to, to bring this medicine is very much what I'm passionate about and really helping people heal. And it's this healing journey that we need to go through both individually and collectively. So talk about the medicine of the, of the river and kind of how it can really help shift, you know, in such a microcosm and, and that work and how we can bring that into our society collectively um, with what we're going through. Yeah, I think um, I think Mother Nature in general and the river specifically um, provides so many simple lessons and metaphors and, and all the great spiritual teachers and seekers, whatever religion, whatever time, the river is a pretty large component of that. Um, leave it at the river, you know, um, act like the river because the river can't go through anything. It just goes around things. It's always flowing. It's always moving. You can't resist in the river. We learn to work with the current and work with what the river gives us, whether it's paddling a, a raft or paddling a stand-up paddleboard or a canoe or a kayak or simply swimming or wading. You can either go against the current. You could actually aim towards the rocks or you can just relax, take a deep breath and allow the flow of the river and the current to take you exactly where you're meant to go. And if you do all those things, whether you're, you're falling through the rapids or paddling, you'll always end up in the right place. And even if you end up in the wrong place, there's always a way out. It teaches you to be very patient. Your first uh, instinct should be non-reactivity. 
It should be pause. It should be reflection. It should be a lack of panic, even in the middle of chaos, in the middle of absolute crazy churning waters or waterfalls or rocks and rapids. If you take a breath, it slows down. And the longer you spend on the river, the more days or the more time you get out there, time really starts slowing down. You really start living with the vibration and the frequency that I believe is is our natural rhythm. I think that's why I started feeling really good on the river. All of the injuries kind of disappeared. My creative state was exploding. I was writing songs. I was, you know, journaling. Like everything was able to be released from this box of society, which has been built technologically and industrially and that's great. Humans evolve. We all evolve, but we can never forget our roots and the foundation and the basis for our survival, which is, which is water. And to get to walk on it and dance on it and respect it and to swim in it and to eat upon her, it's, um, there's nothing quite like it. Yeah, I agree. And I'm really, really stoked about getting the opportunity to go back out there with you and, and experience it again. I think, you know, it's just something that's always there that we can always come back to, which is a really beautiful thing. Like, you know, going recharging, you know, connecting with that, the energy of nature, releasing and letting go of the things that we feel like are so important and so busy. And then being able to go back into the world and and bring that medicine by embodying it. And then, you know, having, having the opportunity to go back. Let's talk a little bit about your kind of journey personally and your transformation. Um, obviously, the river, a big part of it, but that's not where it began. So take us on, you know, if you always had this deeper connection, this deeper understanding, this deeper spiritual seeker of truth within you, and how has that evolved um, over your life? Um, it's interesting. I, I, I always, from a pretty young age, knew there was a deeper way to understand thoughts and emotions and and feelings um although my ego ran my early life i eventually was able to use discernment to realize that actually wasn't the truth as much as it would hint and taunt and fight and 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 release certainly at times when your your mind is not uh, aware of that, you know, the, the cat gets out of the cage. And I don't know how or, or, or when specifically, but I do remember picking up uh, Siddhartha by Herman Hess. It's a phenomenal short read. It's very spiritual and it really alludes to the, uh, you know, the beginnings of Buddhism. And, um, you know, I grew up in a family, went to church. So I had that side. I understood that, but it, it was never relayed to me at that time, the true purpose of being there. It was just the mechanics of being there. Now, as you know, 30 years down the road, I understand the power of that too. Although my journey was really inspired by those early kind of Eastern philosophical writings and, and you know, uh, Confucianism and Taoism and Buddhism and how did that all relate? And then that really inspired me to understand more and more. Um, one of my favorite things to do in the world is to go travel and talk politics, culture, and religion to people that I think would look at me like I have three heads. And I've realized immediately that the conversation is respectful, deep, eloquent, empathetic, really fun. And so the more I roll down the road of, of, of evolution, and, and gosh, I, I have a long way to go. You know, there's a lot of work I need to do every day. I'll, I'll react to something and I'm like, 
Take a breath. You know not to do that, but (laughs) you're doing it. Um, But then shining the flashlight on that immediately is something I'm getting better and better at. You know, like trying, like understanding instantaneously that 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 isn't how I want to be in the future. So I think those points of 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 knowledge and education or self education are um, are really important, and I'm I'm managing to evolve using those tools. Uh, And I love now speaking to um, different spiritual seekers or teachers or uh, any any religion, you know, anybody that wants to have a, a conversation where they're willing to talk about um, all the different possibilities and not be rooted in their own ideology. And I think that's where evolution, um, the evolution needs to occur right now. Everyone's rooted in their own story and they're looking to win a conversation, not find the best solution. And it's really that simple. So, yeah. And my journey went through music and, uh, you know, graduated college and trying to get a real job and started playing the bongos and went on tour with the Grateful Dead. And uh, I saw it all makes sense now. Oh, man. (laughs) I'm like, these are my people. But there was entrepreneurism, uh, entrepreneurship and and um, um, and music and art and culture and like hippies and freaks and yuppies and river rats and all these different people would come together and get down with the music and so once i started that down that road it really led to my my musical career Mm, yeah i I love what you said i think curiosity is the key right and curiosity Mm. is the thing that is missing for most people's lives and we get so attached to these ideologies or these belief systems and um you know, it's really hard for people to break out of them. Right. And, and being able to have that, that open mind and that curiosity to question a story, it's the, really the intention behind this podcast is that we get curious about our own stories and being able to open up and have conversations with others. And you know, the wisest people that I know are the people that have gone on the path of seeking and trying to find the answer and getting to a point and realizing that there is no answer that we really, we really don't know. And sitting in that not knowing is really a magical place to be because then you can sit out in nature and just be in awe in the, of the experience of it. So when you're having these conversations with people, you know, I, I think it's probably very poignant for people to, to hear like, you know, there's so much divisiveness in our culture. It's, it's hard to talk about, you know, like people don't talk about religion, politics, because if you don't agree or you have the different opinion, it just creates so much conflict. So how would you offer somebody who you know, wants to have these conversations, but feels, you know, maybe intimidated or not knowing how to open it up to somebody um, with maybe a different view and energetically, how would you approach that? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. It's, it's not easy, but it, but it can be, and it really boils down to your own commitment to empathy and compassion and walking in that other person's shoes and trying to make a better argument for, for their point even if it goes against your point, like, how can I, how can I defend that point? Like, how can I really empathize with that person? Like people are so concerned about winning the argument or having someone understand their point of view. And I'm like, okay, it's important to understand, but it's more important to to understand why they're having that point of view and giving them the benefit of the doubt. So I like to lead with softness and kindness and find some some mutual um, passion, um, and, and that's kind of where the river comes in, or nature. You know, I've been down the river with folks that are uh, guys that work for the EPA, and 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 folks that were very successful Houston oil oilmen, and 
even those conversations, while there was a, a disagreement at the end, it was a beautiful path towards understanding each other's perspectives. And, you know, that's the point. And that's what burns me about where we are as a society. For one, I wish people understood more that their sources of news or entertainment strictly are, are encouraging conflict and reaction, right? Because those are dramatic impulses that the human brain knows that they've got to do something about, probably from being chased by big cats. You know, what's happening? What's going on in the other the other tribe? We need to know what's going on. Well, they, I think this is happening and we're reacting to it. And so tech has done a great job of tapping into that dopamine as it fires. And so if you can use discernment and say, okay, I'm watching Fox or I'm watching CNN or whatever it is and say, that's an interesting analysis. I wonder if it's true. And wow, they're really throwing the other team under the bus. And, and if you just understood the point of that, which is to, to get you to rise and to sell advertising, I think humanity like that could snap out of it, still use those tools. I and mean, it's fun to watch the news sometimes. It's interesting. It's like, what the heck? Um, but walk away and be like, well, oh, that's an interesting perspective. How do I feel intuitively? And if someone comes in with a counterpoint, I think about it a lot. Like, how can I respond to someone that gets under my skin a little? Like, there's some people that are on the fringe that I'll listen to just to be like, oh, God, like, but I want to hear it. a little bit. Yeah. And I want to go, well, how could I have a great conversation with this person? And mm. usually nine times out of 10, most of the people that are disseminating that information are desiring a reaction. It's really that simple. And then that keeps the tribes polarized and at, at risk and at war. And, you know, we, we fight, you know, our, our humanity is, is full of a fighting instinct to survive. And so that's tapped into to sell things. So if we can understand the power of that internally and use it to progress uh, through conversation and through teamwork, um, that's where the magic happens. And, and and you see it as a microcosm on the river, you know, mm. and we all come from different places with different perspectives, different sexes, different ages, different colors, different hairstyles, different musical tastes. And after a couple of days, you're thrown into something and we need help unloading the boats or we've got an urgent situation or someone got, you know, there's a problem over there or we got to row faster. Everyone comes together. It's not even mm. a question. You know, so that which unites us far outweighs that which divides us, but it doesn't sell as many tickets. So mm. Yeah, I love that. All the stories wash away when you show up to to work towards something greater than yourself. And that's the beautiful thing about having that connection to something that's greater than you. And I just had this reflection the other day, you know, when I when I'm reflecting on my my football career and and one thing I'm so grateful for is I was able to play with thousands of teammates over my 16 year career, all from different upbringings, different cultures, different, you know, color skin, all of this stuff. And we all had very different stories. And some of these guys, I probably wouldn't be friends with in an instant outside of the game, but I was able to be in a locker room and something really magical happened when we were out there during the game, games on the line, everybody's up there showing up and we're showing up there for the guy next to us. Right. And all of those stories are able to wash away. And I think that's why sports are such a huge part of our culture and society, because we can look at it and see how people come together for a common goal. But, you know, back to the political environment, you know, I find it fascinating that, you know, even if you start talking about 
you know, politics with somebody, it, a lot of times you talk to one side or the other, they're just talking about how bad the other side is, right? Which right, is a great right, reflection right. to what they're watching. All they're doing is regurgitating what they're watching on the media and all the media does. They don't actually talk about what issues they're trying to solve on each side. They're talking about how the other side's trying to destroy the country. And I just find it really fascinating that people are so attached to that. And I found for myself, because I, you know, I'm, I'm like you, I, I try to raise a plane above, right? Like widen the lens of perspective out and be able to see both sides, see where they're coming from, see that the narratives that are being created and why they're trying to sell things like having this wider perspective. But I find it fascinating, even if I'm not pushing a certain point of view, and I just get the person curious about their own beliefs, they tend to get defensive because they feel like they have to defend their beliefs because they're, they're in that place of, of divisiveness, divisiveness. Right, right. So how, how do we kind of elevate past that collectively as a society? That's a really good question. Um, and I'm not sure if you, if you look at our politicians these days, I, I don't, I don't know any of them personally, but I, I don't think any of them really care to progress any point. Their only goal is to get reelected. And you see people saying the craziest things because that'll whip people up and it's a more interesting soundbite and they'll get back in there. So until we can change that, you know, I think, you know, term limits in the Senate is a huge uh, win for evolving our politics, I do believe. And then finding some leaders. And I do believe that they'll come, you know, they can actually have a conversation. There's a few out there. Like, I love listening to someone like Tulsi Gabbard, right? She's, she's a Democrat, but she goes on Fox News. And then the people on the left are criticizing her for going on Fox News. And she's like, I'm talking to people. They've got a different perspective. You got a different perspective. And, and people like that are getting like blackballed by their own side for reaching across the lines. Like, how can you go talk on CNN? It's like, get over it. Like, what are we in third grade? So until more people like that, and I think she's a force, um, more people like that get out there. And also the podcasting, right? I think some of these long form podcasts, and I've got some some go-tos. I listen to these these guys and gals and they're phenomenal. Want to name a few for the, for the listeners, some of the ones that have had an impact on your life? Um, you know, it started years ago. I got into podcasting um, and then I ended up with Joe Rogan for a bit. And he opened the doors to this this concept of the intellectual dark web. Have you heard of this? Uh, I, I, it, it, it names itself. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was um, it was a group of people that got together and my mind was blown. Uh, a, a few people on the far right, like or not, not on the far. I don't even want to label it, but. It, popular guy like Ben Shapiro and, and Dave Rubin who lean right sitting down with Eric Weinstein and Brett Weinstein are super left. Uh, Joe Rogan, you know, just, just honest, probably all over the place. Uh, a guy named Sam Harris, who's a, just a brilliant uh, human being and who else sat down with them? Um, there's maybe one other person, but the whole point- Is this all in one conversation? All of them well, were together or? It's, it started, they got, oh, Jordan Peterson, right? So it, yeah. it started, they got together and I started listening to these conversations. And then I started listening to their lectures. And I think it was four or five years ago, Sam Harris would go out and debate Jordan Peterson. Debate, like they, all, you know, religion, abortion, you know, who you vote for, have these incredibly passionate debates. And they're selling tickets in Europe and Australia, like thousands of people- and these guys are good friends. They go out and have a dinner together. They drink a bottle of wine. They disagree on some points. They give each other a lane to, to want to change course by hearing the, the facts or the perspective. They're not closed-minded. They're not It's almost like they're open to hurt. like, I hope you can change my mind and I'm going to be open to it. And that's right? a beautiful way to be, right? 
Right. So that so that that group, that intellectual dark web, and Barry Weiss coined it, and and she's a phenomenal writer. And 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 these writers, they they turn me on. It's like Glenn Glenn Greenwald. If he's just if you want the truth of what's going on on the media front, you follow a guy like Glenn Greenwald, and, and you follow Matt Taibbi. Unbelievable folks that they were they're probably left leaning, but they're more. Um, understanding the right and more afraid of the the left and the cancel culture and all this crazy stuff that's going on globally. They're not afraid to agree with the position on one side and then agree with the position on the other side. They get blown up by both circles. They have a huge following. They're straight up fact and, and they fact check each other. And there's this movement. Um, Bridget Phetasy, she's great. I just listened to Bridget and, and Glenn go really deep on politics and culture and religion and what we're doing. And 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 the vaccine, for example, they're like, we don't want anyone telling us what to do. We we don't want a vax card. We don't want this all that crazy world. But then they're like, we got the vaccine. Okay, that was our decision, and that should always be our decision. And I can still say, I don't want a vax card, and I'm skeptical of vaccines, and I don't like Dr. Fauci, and I got vaccinated. Like, mm. how come two things or three things can't be true at the same time? The problem with what we're doing now and experiencing in our culture is it's just people just think they need to stay in their lane. Like I, I, I pick things all over the place. I don't have a lane. So it's just until we have more people that can get out there uh, like these folks and, and you and have these conversations and say, Hey, it's all right to completely disagree. It, it's all right. If, if, if your perspective is something that you, you really want to own. All I ask is just to allow me to, share my perspective and as much as i will you know toast yours toast mine mm. and then walk away and let's talk about something else and I, yeah. I i think that i think that is is the way forward and and personally and it relates to my my mission in life and what i i know i'm supposed to be doing is connecting you know whether it's through these festivals or on the river but to try to like lay the foundation for folks to have them understand that you can have these conversations and this is how we need to evolve. We're stuck in like the, the playpen right now. And if you want to go, you know, big and, and, and really, you know, look at history and how these this culture evolved and where we've been the last 5,000 years and, and the, you know, the way that other governments are threatening us, whether it's China or Russia or, Everybody wants, you know, hegemony and we're trying to, to, to maintain our own, but without understanding everyone else's desires to disrupt our culture, we're in trouble. And my last point on that is if you, if you understood or, or dug into like Greek and Roman and actually all ancient civilizations, the Persian, um, you know, great, great society, most of them were rocked by cultural conflict instigated by the other adversaries, Right. Let's start destroy with the enough. other empire from within, right? A hundred percent. Let's mm. create these ridiculous little conflicts. And again, and, and we do it, I'm, I'm sure. But, you know, the bots are coming in on social media and they're firing up you on your channels about this issue or that issue. And can you believe that? And, oh, you know, and they're winning because we don't have discernment to say, oh, that's that's actually not real. And historically, that's how great empires fall. So. Part of my mission is to really, really, really inspire these conversations so people can get out of their own way. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it comes back. 
one thing about the, the 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 binary choice, right? When we're in this this level of consciousness where it's just it has to be one or the other, you have you have to choose this side or this side. There's two possibilities, and the beautiful thing that I'm learning: if you introduce, it can either be true, it can be false, it can be both true and false, or neither true and false. When you introduce both and neither, it opens up from a binary choice to infinite choice, infinite possibility, because you're able to have a conversation and everything has a place at the table. And I think that's really beautiful. And it's talking about the the society and the cultures. Um, it very much feels like <clears throat> to control a population, you know, divide and conquer is the old saying, right? And 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 create this division within it. And so I'd love to get your perspective on, you know, not only the government feeling like it's an outdated thing, and obviously it's become this, this system that they're really, it's, it's so disconnected from what's actually going on. And for me, it's, it, I look out in the world, especially over the last year and a half, what's going on. And it almost seems like it's not, you know, left versus right. Like it's the people versus the people in power. And do you believe there is some kind of bigger narrative at play where it doesn't really matter what side you vote for because the people in power, all they really care about is staying in power and then creating this division. Cause I mean, you look out and just the narratives that are being pushed into society and culture through mainstream media and then the censoring that's happening with social media and the algorithms. And it's just quite frightening to see kind of what's happening. And, and the big question is, is what is going to, going to take place? Yeah. I mean, that's a great question. I, I don't know. I think, I think kind of back to the last, conversation just understanding what's going on is going to help everybody evolve the conversation to to kind of find the new way forward i'm also optimistic you know if you if you look at if you look at the statistics you know we've never been in a better place as a human society now you can you can debate but like mortality and and uh <clears throat> growing middle class and pulling people out of poverty and, and clean water and you know violent death i mean it's all way down right but mm -hmm. media amplifies those points of contention because that's what you know that's what sells tickets i i don't know how it changes but i know we keep asking questions and we keep poking it and keep trying to find the truth because it's no great mystery that big corporations you know and I, i'm not like a damn the man guy i mean it's, it, there's that's what happens. It's evolution. There's there's big corporations. Just know what they're doing. If you're buying their product, you have a choice. But just know that they're funding, you know, the major media outlets, right? So the narrative on the media has to support the product. They're also supporting their candidates. And usually, if you go behind the lines, they're supporting equally both sides. And so whoever's horse is in, it doesn't matter what side's in. They just control the horse. So it really is all about, I believe, you know the dollars and who's spending more money to control whom. And I'll give a shout out to local governments. You know, I, I've been on some boards and I know some mayors and some, some council folk and they do the real work. You know, great things happen locally. We can't forget that. You want to have a great conversation or you want to get involved, you want to make a change or you want to help your community, go down to the city hall, go down to town hall. There's good things happening locally. And we can't forget that. We're just focused on, you know, the talking heads and 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 the, the people with the you know the big images right um so i think i think once we start splitting that and understanding that that's a that's a movie that we need to work on like that is a that's been happening for a while we are an experiment that's not that old this is the world's greatest democracy um you know the way we treat humans here in this country as much as there's cultural conflict if you really step back and look we've evolved you know 
my friends deeply on the left, you know, I'll, I'll get into with them a little and, and I will say, I agree with your points. Let's keep progressing. Let's keep pushing that. But let's also look at where we've come. Pretty amazing. Mm. You know, we've, we've come. Now, that also doesn't mean we're the greatest and we should do whatever we want. No, hell no. For me, that, that's a time of deeper introspection to be better, to have a better intention, a better outcome, be better to Mother Earth, you know, create systems that that improve and enhance our lives but you know to use a football analogy you're you know it's fourth and one you can run it you can throw it does, does the guy that want to throw it like oh hell with him forget it i don't like that idea or is the guy that wants to run it like no that's not ours it's like there's plenty of solutions to accomplish the goal if we could just start stop worrying about our decision being the right one and say Oh man, who's got the best decision here? Let's debate that. Let's not be caught up in our own desire to win the conversation. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, let's. I mean, it's such a fascinating story we've created as a society, as a species on this planet. I'd love to widen the lens out a little bit and get your perspective on kind of what's the point, what's the purpose, like the big question, right? Like that I've been juggling my entire life. Like, why are we here? What is this experience about? Why do I even have an opportunity? to exist, you know, it's like the, what, how do I even exist? What is God? Like, what's the purpose of this experience that we're having now um, as a human society and our ability to create these stories? Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know, obviously don't have an answer, but I have um, my own story and I, I can relate to how I've evolved and what drives me uh, beyond um, the superficial materialistic, you know, culture that we're, we're living in. And I understand those things. And, uh, it's amazing how, um, intuitive and ingenious our society has been over the last 5,000 years and look what we've created. Um, but I think the purpose doesn't live in, in, in any of that. And I don't think you find happiness in, in materialistic things. I think it's, it's obvious, right? So when you boil it down, just speaking personally, I feel more connected, more in love with my partner, more in love with myself, more confident, um, healthier, happier, uh, with more clarity and more passion, more compassion when I sit alone in nature or when I get out on the river. That's probably the number one thing. And I think probably because on the river, you're never surrounded by stagnation. You're constantly having to evolve in the minute. So no time to think or dwell on the past two seconds, two minutes, two days, two weeks, two years. You can't. You're in it. And so when that happens, your ability to not focus on anything yet focus on everything provides me with the answer to to why we're here and what's important. You know, we are we are God's children or or the universe's children, Mother Nature's children we're a part of the life of this planet as much as a plant or an ant or a tree. I deeply believe there's um, a symbiotic plan out there that we haven't quite achieved. And I think our culture is either going to achieve it in the next 500 years or we're going to be gone and the earth is going to come back great. And then, and then human 2.0 will evolve and, and hopefully we'll understand that the deeper meaning in life is community. It is connection. It is service. It, it is kindness. It's travel. It's experience. It's risk. 
you know, it's reward. It's, it's, it's all the things that I think we all feel and we all feel great when we experience yet. They're not part of the culture. You know, they're not part of the, the, the current TV programming, you know, it's not what's talked about. So, you know, I believe that there's a, an opportunity for us all in this skin to find our own meaning and it has to start there. And once it starts there, then it starts with your partner and then your friend and then your family and then your team and then your community and then your town and then your county and then your city. And all of a sudden you start changing the wave, the perspective and this wavelength starts to, starts to, starts to gel. Mm. So that's, that's what I believe, you know, if I've had, um, I said some, some brushes with death a, a little bit and, and, and dreams that took me to a place I thought I was drifting off to. And, um, I felt really good. Like I felt very much alive and okay with passing. And, um, that really led me to be okay with exploring this life a little bit more. Mm, I love it. Yeah. And I want to dive more into your experience, your near death experiences. I, I I'm very fascinated by that. And we'll talk about death and what you think happens when we die. Um, but what was coming to me when you were talking is, you know, the physiological, um, connection with the brain. Right. And when we talk about having an open mind and being able to question and connect to these things that are deeper, we are meaning making machines. Right. And so if we're constantly sitting in front of the TV and the meaning of the world is getting dished out to us, that not only like in our psyche creates this story, but in our physiological brain, it creates these neural connections that get hardwired and grooved. And the more you sit in front of your TV, you groove. And that's why I love you know, practical things to really create new neural connections. Like you said, traveling, like going into a different culture for the first time and going into the unknown, it creates this acute need for presence and being present because you don't know what to expect. And that creates new neural connections, right? Reading books, learning, having an open mind, constantly, you know, shifting and creating those neural pathways, being out in nature, all of these things on the physiological brain create new neural connections and actually allow you to you know, widen that perspective of understanding. And I think that's really where people are lost is that, you know, they're, they're kind of just stuck in that one point of view and one perspective. Um, talk yeah. about, you know, you talked about the, the river and how it really teaches you to be present. Right. And I think the thing for me is, is, is trying to be as present as I can, not getting lost in my stories, just being present with the experience as it unfolds, but naturally the river going into kind of life and the challenges that people face, how can people recreate that experience on the river of being so present and how it kind of forces you into that? How can you recreate that in your everyday life and navigate it with this kind of more presence and openness that we're talking about? Um, for me, the answer to that is, is simple. You know, I started a meditation practice not, not too, too long ago. And <laughs> the days I, I do my 10 minutes or 20 minutes, if I'm lucky, are great days. And the days that I don't are not as good as days. And it's that simple. Um, we can't all be in the middle of the river all the time meditating like Siddhartha, of course. Yet we can take that with us wherever we go. And although we might be dealing with work or conflict or, or um, aggression or something that doesn't please us, we, don't we can control our ability to react to those things. Right? They're not doing anything to us. We're doing it to ourselves. 
completely. So I think that's how I take it into my own life. And I try to be uncomfortable at least once a day. You know, I like to go into the place and close the door and everybody stops talking and they stare at you. And you're like, hey, that's a weird feeling, you know, but you're mm-hmm. stripped down, you're raw. And that's where, you know, traveling comes in. And, and then also being on the river, you know, you're put into these positions where you don't know what's coming up next and you're uncomfortable and you're anxious, yet you're going to get through. It's the only way is to get through. There's no other option but to get through. Yet in that moment, you're like, how am I going to get through? And the more and more you can train yourself by putting yourself in those situations. And they can be done by, like you say, reading a different book, listening to a, a podcast that you, uh, you, know, are, you wouldn't agree with. Like just feel uncomfortable. And then it almost like desensitizes you and allows us, you know, pathways to open up in your brain because you control the way you react to all situations and you control your own evolution. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I mean, I love it. That's been a huge part of my journey, right? I, I say all the time on the other side of fear lies freedom. And another caveat to that is get outside your comfort zone because that's where real growth occurs. And for me, I've realized through my own journey, like every time I've gone into a new situation, it's like, there's, there's so much fear. And usually it's like, I'm thinking about, man, I wish I was back, you know, last year with my friends, but I'm going into this new situation, whether it's moving cities, playing for a new team, leaving the NFL and this whole old way of being behind. And as I'm in that, that unknown space, all I'm thinking about is like, man, I wish I was back in the good old days. Right. And if you're constantly living in that, in that, that time, what I've realized is all of those good old days were the time when I didn't really know what to expect. I was in that unknown. I was getting outside my comfort zone and realizing that's where I've always felt most alive because, you know, as humans, we, we want to create this, this comfort zone for ourselves, this certainty, this, this, um, this knowing our routine and, and what, what to expect tomorrow. And collectively, you know, with COVID and this pandemic, it's really kind of confronted a lot of us, all of us with the impermanence of life and understanding the impermanence of life actually allows us to drop into being present. Right. And I think, you know, at the work I've done and the understanding is the impermanence is the gift from the universe. And it's the only absolute truth that I know of that everything is constantly changing. Everything is in motion. Um, you know, and it's, it's all a cycle. And until you can fully understand that it's, it's really hard to, to be present. And it kind of forces us to be present with the experience. If I'm in an experience in the unknown, I know that I'm never going to have this experience again. It allows me to be present with life as it unfolds. Yeah, that, that's amazing. And it, aren't we interesting creatures? Like we spend so much time and energy and, 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 and money on things to surround ourselves with that create comfort when the only, the only thing that's happening, like you say, is, is that everything's changing and, and death's coming and death's beautiful and death's a part, of, a part of life. But to not face the things that are absolute truths doesn't provide to me any opportunity to evolve because you're living in this in this um you know manufactured situation and some people just they can't they can't get over that and i understand that like uh, there's no judgment there that's a that's a personal journey that everyone has to to go through but you know when you pass to the other side you're not taking anything with you you know you're you're taking all of the great energy that you created in this life and all of the connections and all of the good and, and, and all of the bad, but the intention, like all of those beautiful experiences that you've woven through your own, um, you know, own journey, that's the truth. None of the things, every, everything changes. And to 
to not be attached to materialistic items or, um, or, or, or believe that things will make you feel better or get somewhere else that are external. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not going to provide deep happiness. Right? Yeah. It, it, yeah. It can't. yeah. I mean, the consumer culture that we've created is almost feeding off that, that void within our heart. And it says, Hey, fill that void with all of this external stuff. It's going to make you feel better, but that is a fleeting experience. And anybody that's been on this journey realizes you get a new car, it's going to fade. You get this bigger house and there's always something more to fill that void. And so the real journey is to, to go inward and, and fill that, that void with self-love, with worthiness for, for being alive and just having this experience. And, you know, I'd love to get your perspective because we talked about, you know, you, you have a very open mind. You've, you've kind of studied different philosophies and, and religious, you know, texts and stuff like that. How would you define spirituality and what, you know, how important is that for this experience of life for the individual to really find true joy and fulfillment? I think it's I think it's the true purpose of all of our lives is to have a spiritual practice or understanding or a curiosity because everything that relates to spirituality whether you're you're religious or 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 you're not it, it all has to do with feeling something inside in this intangible place in the middle of your chest known as the heart. It's not a, it's not a thing you can actually touch or, 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 or fix physically or Western ways, you know, that's the root of everything. You know, it's how does your heart feel and how to really tap in to what your heart is saying and what your true intuitions are. And I think, um, you know, I think that that somehow needs to be communicated to folks that spirituality has nothing to do with picking a team or a side or religion. Yet all of those things are, are very important on a spiritual journey. Um, I've spoken with folks that are deeply religious in, in many different, um, you know, areas, and they do share a common thread of a desire to be a good person, a desire to be a, a better human being. And um, I think there's nothing more important than that, you know, to start to be aware of everything, to simplify everything, to remember to breathe slowly and chew slowly and put your head up and not down. Like those are all small steps in a spiritual journey that can provide incredible healing you know so you know i don't know exactly what it is i think the word curious which you mentioned earlier is a great word because what else could be the point it's not to get stuff it's not to win stuff but it's to feel something that connects us as human beings beyond that which is tangible and that connects through time you know i truly believe there is an energy that evolves over time, you know, and I experienced that with, with meeting my, my wife, you know, I never really believed that until it, it happened. And each day we were just blown away by how connected we are and how lucky we were to have met and that there's definitely a story from many lifetimes ago. You don't remember it specifically or know it, but you don't have to, you have to be open to the possibilities, curious to what's out there 
and how to evolve. And um, to me, that's 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 spirituality. And and I love um, I love many teachings in Buddhism, you know, th- that really resonated with me. Like wherever you are and whatever you're doing is a beautiful spiritual practice, whether it's, you know, playing in the Super Bowl or washing dishes, there's no difference unless you allow yourself to think that there's a difference. That's just your ego telling you that you're something that you're not because you are, you're not that. And that's, uh, that's what it is to me. Yeah. Beautifully <laughs> said, brother. I love it. Yeah. It's the likes and dislikes that create suffering. Right? <laughs> yes, totally. You know, it's like preferences or attachment to outcomes or wanting something to be a certain way and it not going that way. Expectations. Right. And learning to, I love the Buddhist philosophy, like non-attachment. And, and it really forces you to come back and be present with, with life as it's unfolding. And if you don't label things good and bad, it doesn't mean that there's not going to be challenges or adversity or deep lessons but when you cannot attach to and judge the situation, you can really be with it, be with the challenge. You know, like th- there's lessons in here that like, how can I grow through this and being grateful for the opportunity to have all the wide breadth of experience that life offers us. And it really is that labeling of, of good and bad. And I think, you know, talking, circling back to like the political thing, it's like when we give the power to people to decide what is good and bad, I, I think that's a problem. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, well, you got it. You got to have rules. You got to have law. You got to have order. And I think on this journey that we're going towards, I feel this collective awakening happening. And I don't know if you feel the same thing. And I'm a very optimistic too, because I see people waking up to reality. And what does that really mean? It means dropping out of the stories, dropping into the heart, connecting with the intuition and connecting with this, this energy of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that's, that's, that's the point. Um, that's the point with, with this conversation. That's the point with our own personal journeys is to really find what resonates deeply within so you can start to permeate that without, you know? Yeah. And if we, if we can evolve consciously and wake up to that greater intelligence that's within us, it's almost like there, there doesn't need to be a rule book because you're going to show up and you're going to be compassionate. You're going to be of service. You're going to want to see people excel and you want to collaborate rather than compete. And I think it's the, it's the idea of once you start fully understanding that we all are connected, we all are one. We're part of this, this, this ecosystem that if I hurt you, I'm hurting myself, you know, and if I can really heal my inner world and that, and elevate that energy, then I'm healing the world around me. And so when you find that connection, it, it goes from that divisive separateness into that oneness. And then we can really show up as a, as a society and a culture and humanity and really come and, and make this world what it's really meant to be, which, you know, all of the, the biblical um, prophecies of, of the kingdom of heaven on earth. And when you can reach this level of consciousness where you're deeply connected in nature and you look around in the gates of Lador going down the Green River and you're like... <laughs> Yeah, this is freaking the kingdom of heaven. This is beautiful. This is insanely, it's just a miracle to even be alive and breathe this air and have this experience. And so often we're just getting lost in our stories and these stories that are kind of fed through these, these, these mainstream narratives and everything. And it's just, it's, it's a fascinating experience that we've created for ourselves, right? It, it, it's really fascinating. And, uh, you know, I think a, a great way to, to, to approach it too is to to let people know that are that are maybe new to a spiritual journey or or have questions or are curious that 
it's it's okay to fail a lot and it's okay to still want that nice car it's okay to be competitive like those things are okay just don't let them own you Mm. i think a lot of people like god this is spiritual or like everything's got to be you know it's perfect with nature like no it doesn't have to be but the awareness that you desire a feeling that is beyond how you feel now that's 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 real you want that connection but also it's okay to live life it's okay to it's okay to want to you know put on some nice clothes and go out and spend a lot of money on dinner like you can have all of those things just don't allow those things to own you and don't be driven only by you know, advertising and what the next door neighbors are doing, where that person looks like, you know, honor and, and, and respect the individual and the process, but know that there's a whole lot more to it than that. And I think it's too often discussed, um, in a way that I think turns people off, you know, much like the, the political conversation, you know, uh, instead of turning people on and, and creating a lane to, to progress this conversation or, or, or evolve it, um, people are not willing to allow for failure. And there's really no greater teacher as much as it sucks at, at times, but when you can sit with it and, you know, I had an experience the other day, I was like, um, I don't know how to raft guide and I own an, an outfitter. And so we've got this amazing crew and I, I paddleboard the Grand Canyon. I know how to paddleboard. I love it. I, 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 really enjoy being out on the river, but I don't have the skills they have. So with humility, I went through guide training, you know, which was all the young kids and our guides teaching the newbies, you know, how to, how to guide train. And I'm in there as, you know, an owner, but who, who cares? That's just a title. That's just where I am right now in life. But to go through those experiences and to want to learn, to want to understand, to want to, you know, meet people at their level with humility and desire that's such a beautiful thing. And we just forget that, you know, and I run into a lot of young folks and have great conversations with them. And, and I wish somebody told this to me, like a lot of them are graduating college just now, or a lot of them are about to turn 30 or, you know, and then the world's going to end. And I didn't accomplish all those things by this time. I'm like, well, who says like, once you accomplish everything, you might as well pass the other side. Right. What do you mean? I did it all. I didn't go there until I was 30. I, I got to get married or I didn't do this or I didn't do that. Like, don't close a door ever. Continue to open the door and just know and be okay with the fact that you might be in a different, you might be a different person in five years. You might live in a different country. You might be in a different job. You might be, you might have found a new sport. I didn't start paddleboarding until I was 40 years old. You know, I didn't pick up a guitar until I was 26. Now I play in a band with like insane musicians just because I learned a couple of chords and, and wrote some songs from the heart. Like you never stop. There's no reason to stop. There's no, I I made it. That doesn't mean anything to me. You know? Yeah, I love that. The journey continues if you're alive. And I think it's fascinating because, you know, talking about time, it's such a weird concept because when I reflect back on my own life, like I feel like I've lived multiple lifetimes just in this life because I've changed so much. I've had so <laughs> many different experiences. And although we talk about life is so short and it's this finite amount of time, a blink of the eye in the grand scheme of the cosmos, but then at the same time, when you think about your own life, like how long life actually is as far as the experience and being present with the experience as it unfolds. And that kind of segues into, you know, we talked a little bit about death and you shared a little bit about the energy that passes on and maybe these past lives. And, 
you know, for me and thinking about the concept of how many lifetimes I feel like I've lived just in this life. And I feel like I'm, I continue to say, I'm just getting started, right. Just getting started. I feel like I have my whole life ahead of me and there's so many more experiences to be had. And that's really, for me, the purpose of life is to have the experience, but let's talk a little bit about, about death, right. Living so many lifetimes just in this life. What do you think, you know, is kind of the, the experience outside of this physical reality, this physical body. Do you believe that there is an energy and essence that kind of transcends the physical and does go on? And, um, like what's your perspective on that? Cause I've gone back and forth and, you know, I grew up in a, in a Christian household where, you know, and I talked to my parents and they think the soul was born in this human body. You have a blink of an eye to basically earn God's love or accept Jesus as your savior to decide whether you're going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. And, I, and as I kind of pondered that concept of eternity and realizing how can eternity have a start point and it just goes in one direction. And so I started realizing, okay, eternity has to be this thing that goes in both ways. And then so I started to open my, my mind into the idea of there has to be something that, that continues on, that transcends, right? So that, and my mom, you know, she's, she's in the Christian faith, like reincarnation is like this evil thing. And it's like, I, I don't know. I don't know what happens. But for me, like probably that seems more uh, legit than the other way, right? And so it's just exploring these ideas. So what do you think, you know, happens when we die and, and, your, and your thoughts around death, especially with, you know, your own near-death experiences? I'd love to kind of drop into that and, and what those were like. Yeah, um, you know, I don't know, right? Um, I, I do think it's interesting how a lot of the modern religions, you know, want to quantify and bookend and describe what you need to do now to get to another place. Cause I, I do believe there is a God and I don't believe that perspective would live with a, a true God. You know, there is, that just says judgment. And, and in the course of religion, it was used as a tool by, um, you know, priests and the like to control the flock. Obviously basis for most, most major war, most conflict, most most strife has been this a desire to control. I believe, and I'm not a scholar by any means on on the Bible or 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 Jesus or his life. I believe he was a prophet, a beautiful person. I believe there's there's many prophets, and I believe the true essence of those teachings are great, great words and great guideposts along the journey. You know, if life was a constellation, all those different spiritual um, incarnations or, or religious experiences can be a part of it. They can be a star on your own personal journey. And I think they provide a lot of great, uh, groundwork, uh, all of them. It's, it's fun to, to watch how, you know, I sat in a place in, in Varanasi, India, uh, years ago, and it was not far from the, the tree uh, and under which the Buddha was enlightened. And it's the, the heartbeat of the, the Hindu religion and where the Vedas, I believe, were created these ancient texts and books thousands and thousands of years ago that had their own, you know, a description of, of the afterlife and where we went. And, and that's thousands of years older than, than modern religion. So who's to say, but I do, you know, my, my dear, dear near death experiences were probably minor. One was, one was surfing as a youngster and, and, and almost drowning and, and finding that last, that last breath amongst, amongst darkness and, and, and light on the perimeter and, and calm and peace. Um, and then I got up finally and there was a sense of panic. I was 20. Uh, more recently, I think it was five years ago, I was coming off a trip uh, through Indonesia and I ended up getting dengue fever and pretty seriously. 
I didn't know I had it because I, I didn't get it till I got home. Um, so I thought I had the flu for a week and then another week. And then finally a friend came over and I was just, I had lost all this weight. I was completely dehydrated. I was, I was kind of hallucinating. I had all this crazy sores and bites, just really in a bad spot. And I started dreaming really lucid and really dreaming of kind of passing through the gates. And it was this beautiful, peaceful transition. Um, it taught me not to, I mean, I don't fear death. I think everybody fears death a little like, Oh my gosh, it all goes away. And like, okay, it's understandable. Sure. I, I like this life. I don't want it to go away, but I believe that the portal that you eventually pass through will lead to something beyond our ability to describe. And I think it's beautiful. And I don't think you have to do things in this life to get anywhere. I do think the goal of the creator and mother nature if, if, if it's not the same, you know, entity or energy is to shine the light on your own ability to live with integrity and compassion. There's nothing more important than that. And I think if we strive to live like that, um, we'll continue to evolve in the next incarnation, whether it's, I don't know what that looks like. I don't know if you come back as a fish or you come back as, as just a, in addition to the energetic force field that's already here and an ability to feel and move and flourish. I don't know how that works, obviously, but I do believe that's what that's what happens. Mm. I do believe you actually are probably able to finally see the puzzle. Maybe you have a moment of reflection and uh, a point of facing the good and the bad you did in your life. And and I think that gets dust aside, dust dusted off and says, oh, okay. It's a learning experience. And now you get to see the puzzle. And not only get to see the puzzle, but understand what your piece is in the puzzle and the ability to join this puzzle together to create something that's unified. Um, and I think you find threads of that in, in a lot of religious teachings, you know. Um, but I don't I don't know. That's my that's my feeling. And uh, the more I'm in nature and the more I'm I'm silent. The more comfortable I feel, the older I get, the more calm I'm feeling, uh, the, the wisdom that seeps in through experience and through um, an ability to be vulnerable has brought clarity and, uh, and, and comfort. Um, so that, that's, that's kind of what my cells are telling me. Yeah, it's beautiful, beautiful depiction. I, it totally resonates. And I think it's fascinating that we're in a day and age with the advance of kind of Western medicine and technology of how many near-death experiences we've actually like studied or charted are, are, are happening because people are able to, to flatline and go, you know, cross over and then come back because of these resuscitation methods. And so there's like so many documentaries and books coming out about these experiences. And so, and through my own experiences with some psychedelics and, and experiencing that dissolution of ego and self and understanding and knowing on a deep level, there is something that transcends this physical reality, this lifetime what that is, I don't know. And I think my big question is, you know, and I'm really glad I got to a place of, of trust and faith that there is something greater, but you know, the concept of when we die, we like, do we go back to source? Are we oneness or is there still this, this, uh, this, this separation? Like, is there levels of separation? Is there an essence of me that passes on? And for me, it's, I, I think back, you know, on, on just on my life and we talk about lifetimes, right. 
And is there like this essence that keeps going up and down and learning lessons, or is it just one experiencing having itself and you kind of just manifest into a body and then have the experience. And for me, it's like, I, I have this, this innate wisdom about me. I don't know where it came from. I'm very grateful for it. And it's this deep curiosity. And I, I tend to believe that there, you know, like the, the concept of having a wise soul or a, 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 a lived a lot of lifetimes. I very much feel like that resonates with me because I have this, this innate wisdom that I, I didn't really feel like I earned. I mean, I've experienced a lot in this life and I've gone out, but it's like, where does that, where does that come from? And then when you, we transcend kind of this, this, this illusion of linear time that we kind of go up, is there still a formation of linear time up there? Do we kind of go into a different dimension? Is there a different time frame? It's just very kind of boggles the mind to even try and comprehend what actually happens. Yeah. You brought up some good points. I mean, you know, when you have a relationship with different people, usually kids, and you see the different uh, perspectives they have at, at certain ages, and certainly some are, you could describe as old souls, right? It, it's it's that wisdom that's been passed along that doesn't have anything to do with, with the nurturing. Because kids are often nurtured by the same two people, and yet their their spiritual evolution is is completely different. So I would tend to agree that that is probably, there's probably seeds that are, that are, that are grown throughout. Um, I always had an epiphany that I was a young soul, that my ego was really in control and my reactivity was, was, you know, something to deal with. I mean, it, it still is even with this awareness. And I've always felt that this was my time to shift, you know, now, now you're aware that you're a young soul and you have this ego that, that voice in your head and, you know, all those things that it says. And, and, and now I'm finally able to separate that from who I truly am. And I feel like this life, this incarnation is a really important, um, you know, trajectory for wherever this energy ends up. And I was given an opportunity to see the light and be shown the light. And I've been around more and more people that have been able to encourage and support and relate to that, to that journey. So yeah, I don't know how it, how it ends, but I think it does compound more than end. You know, mm, I think it like expands, like, right? We're constantly expanding the universe, expanding our souls yeah. essence are expanding. We're here to learn and grow. Um, so there is this kind of unfolding, right? That is kind of the universe learning itself. And as we do that, we continue to expand and grow. And I, something that came to me, I know we're kind of coming up on time here, but I wanted to get your perspective because we're talking about energies and reincarnation and lifetimes and society and humans. I don't know if you've been following, but kind of this, this, this unfolding of the aliens and people talking about, you know, the government like releasing footage about aliens. And then there's supposed to be some announcement in June. I don't know if they've already done it about <laughs> like the Pentagon's supposed to release something about aliens. And it's fascinating that it's kind of coming into our collective awareness. And I remember all growing up, it was like, what if we found out there was another alien race? Like what would that do to our society and our culture? And it's almost like during this pandemic, they've kind of just slowly just breadcrumbs. And now it's like, oh yeah, it's just, it's not that big a deal or people aren't even thinking about it. What, what's your perspective on, on aliens and why is it kind of coming into our awareness now? Yeah, I think, um, 
I forget the gentleman who I was listening to recently. He's a famous astrophysicist. And the question was posed to him. And I, I, I not to steal his answer, but I, I enjoyed some of the points. And this is a guy who loves the cosmos and he's all about it and he runs planetariums. And he, he's like, show me the evidence. Like in, in this world of, of everyone's got a cell phone, everyone's got technology, everyone's everywhere shooting everything. What have we really seen? All right. So there's that one side of like the scientists, like, okay, like what, what have we really seen? And he's like, well, these, these, these ships and they came out of the ocean and he's like, okay, maybe like, so I, that's one side of my thinking is I don't, I, I don't know that that's occurring right now, but I do believe it's highly likely that we're not alone in the universe. I mean, how, how could we be alone in the universe? And I think it's likely that there could be probes here or that could have come here for intelligence gathering. That seems quite logical. And I also understand why power brokers would probably want to keep this under wraps for fear of blowing up anything that was um, part of their narrative, whether religious or or governmental or philosophical, like I'll change everything in a, in a hot minute. If if that, if that gets out, I think this freedom of information act, that's wonderful to, to get to read uh, behind the scenes a little bit and, and see what's out there and behind the curtain. I think we should, you know, be aware of those things. And I think um, it's pretty encouraging to see that, that our government is, is, is releasing that type of information. But it, it is interesting that right now everything's on film and we haven't really seen anything. There's some things that are out there for sure. The Tic Tac and the, the Faber, I believe the Navy pilot that mm. reported that Sure, Sure. I believe him. You know, he reported to see via his instruments, this stuff that's on tape. Okay, great. Did you, did, what does that mean? You know, so I'm not skeptical and I, and, and I don't have a, uh, a leaning towards the truth. I, I'd like to know the truth, but my own, my own belief is that of, of course there's intelligent life out there. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way, you know, we're the luckiest people. Uh, and this is just an experiment, you know. We we've been human beings in modern society for two hundred years. Yeah, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Even, we're born into this system, and we think it's like always been like this. Oh yeah, like, and no, this, this is, is the best. And we're look at us, and look how we've evolved. And those poor suckers a hundred years ago. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Like, try to back up on all of that and look at where we are from a global perspective. I just finished a great book called the new the Silk Roads, right? Which is just a history of the Silk Roads in that part of of the world. And I just don't think people understand what what the last five thousand years have really um, accomplished, or, or what they've been, or who's really been uh, responsible for language, or culture, or mm. ideology, or or warfare, or fashion, or alcoholic beverages. Like it, it didn't start in 1970 in America, right? We're a great country, but that doesn't mean we're the only great country. We're the best country ever. Like stop with those terms. If you want to get to the truth, be willing to back out and look at all of these things that have occurred. And then I think things like aliens or, or others could 
they can find a lane to to be understood and 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 be filled with truth you know i mean i i I love going back and looking at the ancient structures um with the nazca lines in peru uh you know uh central and south american architecture certainly the middle eastern architecture Mm. there's still things that they cannot explain absolutely so for me that's kind of more evidence of of a different intelligence i mean this is five thousand years before a calculator yeah I mean, five thousand like what how'd they draw that stuff we think we're so advanced in our technology and everything and it's like you know what if we're not the most advanced civilization that's lived even in just in modern human history like the egyptians like there's stuff that they could do and maybe it's because they were connected to these energies you know, that are greater than us. And I don't think we've gotten even close to a point of, of tapping into our full, fullest potential as energetic, spiritual, creative beings on this planet. I think, you know, it's beautiful, like, you know, evolving from this kind of Newtonian physical reality that we've kind of evolved out of physical matter. And then understanding that, you know, through the quantum physics and this new understanding that everything is energy and the universe is intelligent. It's not, you know, it's not like humans and we're separate from nature. Like nature has its own intelligence, the ecosystem, the earth, the way we revolve around the sun, the cosmos, like all of it is intelligent. So of course there's more out there than just our narrow. It's so fascinating that our ego minds think we know so much, even in this day and age, in this time, like this present moment on this planet, there's infinite number of stories happening, infinite number of experiences. We can't even comprehend what all of them are going on. I like to think like, you know, we talked about politics, like what is it actually, like, what are the conversations actually taking place? Like how are those conversations in those boardrooms talking about these geopolitical things that are happening collectively? And like, how do, how do, how do individuals navigate those big choices and like what's actually going into those, how do they make those decisions? You know, we, we focus on the president, like it's just like a business. The president isn't actually making all those decisions. He has teams of teams of teams who have teams all below them all talking constantly it's just so fascinating. It boggles the mind that we get so attached to, I know this for a fact that this is the way it is. It's like, you got to be able to open that perspective and widen that lens out to, to know that you really don't know that much. And that humility is a huge piece to finding, you know, fulfillment and enjoyment in this experience of life. Yeah. I imagine what it would be like if we could actually get out of our own way and, and live symbiotically with, with nature. Think of how intelligent our human bodies are. Think of what our heart does every day. Think if you cut your arm and don't do anything, it's going to heal itself. Like it's unbelievable. And 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 to to, to realize that people argue about like global warming or climate change and, and they can't say um they want to pick a side about it. And I, I can just say, like, well, I yeah, sure, maybe it's getting warmer, maybe it's getting colder. But that the conversation to me is do you think we're doing things that are ha- having a negative impact on the life giving organism on which we survive? Mm. Like, can we have that conversation? Like, and that's an obvious one, <laughs> that's yeah. an obvious one. And, and I'm not anti gas, and oil. I drive a car, I, I hope to evolve out of that. I can say that I wish to evolve, and I can say I like my car. It's okay to have those conversations, but it's also really important to understand that if we could get out of the way of ourselves and find more symbiosis with our own conversation between our mind, our ego, and our, our, our heart, and then our, our partners and our friends and our community, like imagine 
what it could look like. Imagine what we could be living like. And to your reference of ancient cultures, who knows? Maybe the Egyptians or maybe the Sumerians or maybe the Fremont Indians. I was just up looking at petroglyphs, you know, 2,000 years old. And and, and we believe that the Fremont culture was a matriarchal society and the, and the women, you know, made the decisions and, and, and held the high council and, you know, created this, you know, society that was living in the bosom of nature for thousands of years. And people were like, oh, they're extinct now. I'm like, they were around for a couple thousand years. We've been in this country for 250 and we, we can't get out of the playpen. Like, imagine what we could do if we could just stop with the egoic mind. And, you know, I think that's the light bulb. I think that's one switch that, that everybody could switch. And, and for me, that's what I believe the, 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 the end of time would be, or the, the, the major universal shift or the, the Mayan calendar or what things are pointing towards, I believe is a shift in, in thought and the, the ability to lose the egoic mind and understand that's got nothing to do with reality. Mm. Zero, you know? Yeah. And I once we get there, we're living amongst nature and within nature and still progressing as humans, but creating technologies and ways to enhance the way we feel about each other and our ability to interact with one another. So uh, that's a, you know, that's a beautiful thing to just, just to mull over. And I, I, I'm an optimist too. I believe we can, we can get there. And if we don't, I, I, I could flip a coin on this because if we don't get there sooner than later, I also believe that, like I said earlier, you know, humans 2.0 and, a thousand or two thousand years, maybe maybe they're the ones that figured out. We're all evolving, and we're mm. probably experiencing all of these things, all of these things right now, to get to that place. Mm. I, I hope it happens sooner than later, but I'm also okay if it happens later because planet's going to be just fine. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. The question is, are are are, are we going to be on it or not? Are we going to learn from the ways of our ancestors? And to bring it back to water all ancient civilizations that have um, gone into decline and have become um, extinct, um, they're finding, and what I believe, it's all related to their inability or their, their desire to cultivate in desert climates. Soil turns alkaline, acidic, deserts take over, crops fail, civilizations die. Um, it happened in, in North America, it happened in Central America, obviously the Middle East, um, Egyptian society. We think that we can beat Mother Nature, and and we can't. We have to work within the confines of this beautiful offering and not in opposition of it. Mm, Beautifully said, brother. I could talk to you all night, and I know we're coming (laughs) coming up on time. Maybe we can do this again. And I forgot to mention this before we started, but I have a, a premium uh, feed for my for my podcast. So I do extended episodes. So uh, I want to kind of close it out here. I'll give you an opportunity to kind of plug where people can find you. Um, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you hit the subscribe button. And if you are a premium member and you want to you know, stick around for this extended episode, I'm going to be asking uh, Scotty here what his secret to the universe is. And we'll jam for about another 
10 or 15 minutes. You're not going to want to miss it. If you're not a premium member, it's just $7 a month. You can go to the link in the show notes and sign up. That does a goes a long way in helping support this podcast financially. And if you don't feel called to support it financially and you don't want access to this premium content, uh, a real easy way to support the podcast is to leave a five-star review, um, rate the podcast. And if any part of this conversation resonated with you, share it with somebody that you think might get something out of it. Um, you know, really... Uh, like I said, it's really about curiosity. And if, you know, these conversations spark curiosity within yourself and it can spark curiosity, curiosity within somebody, you know, I think that's going to be a big part of this collective awakening that we're hoping uh, turns into a a positive thing. uh, And we kind of rise from the ashes and are able to create a better experience. Scotty, I really appreciate you taking the time, brother. It's been a a real pleasure. I'm really excited about our experience coming up in September. Um, Where can people find you? Um, any social platforms, anything you're working on, maybe if they want to come on a rafting trip, uh, go ahead and plug anything you're working on. Sure. Yeah. Um, I've worked hard to kind of pull away from social media lately, um, which Smart is man. beautiful. Yeah. You, you can still grab me on Instagram at, at, at Scotty Bonfire um, and say hello, but I've really tried to walk the talk on that stuff as much as I think it's a great tool. Um, for many for many reasons, certainly my festival is a great place to get a hold of me. Um, I'm the founder of a festival called Winter Wondergrass, which takes place in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, in February, and uh, Lake Tahoe, Squaw Valley, in April. Uh, we do some stuff in Vermont from time to time. Another event I do is uh, Camp Out for the Cause. All of that stuff lives under Bonfire Entertainment, so you can just Google Bonfire Entertainment and and find me there. And um, yeah, if you send an email to info or Scotty at any one of those places, I'll, I'll respond. I love responding on email. I love having uh, in-person conversation. Um, if you're interested in the river trips, uh, adrift.com, uh, that's our river company here. And, and uh, you can find everything that we're doing uh, at that site. And um, otherwise, just catch me on the river. Yeah, my man. I love it. All that will be in the show notes. And if you are a former male professional athlete and you want to experience the river, we have our retreat going uh, first weekend of September. would love to have you uh, reach out to me directly. Um, and if you're interested in connecting with Scotty, definitely reach out. He's an amazing man, uh, a lot of wisdom to share. And uh, if you are a premium member, stick around. If not, uh, talk to you later.